0: G'day, I'm Nathan from Dumbo Feather Magazine. Today on the podcast we have a 15-minute reflection on the topic of uncertainty, which has come via our dear friend Catherine Ingram. You might have already come across Catherine in our work. She's an international Dharma teacher and writer, currently based in the Northern Rivers. And she has a podcast called In the Deep, which I turn to often for perspective and solace in challenging times. What you're about to hear is an excerpt from a dialogue with Catherine during one of our group huddles at Small Giants. It was such a privilege to have Catherine in the space with us, and I'm delighted we're able to share a fragment of that moment with you now, including a short meditation at the end. Halfway through, just so you know, you'll hear a question from our co-founder, Danny McGaw.
1: Well, Mad suggested we speak a bit about uncertainty, which is a subject on our minds and has been at least for the past year and longer for us here in Australia, of course, because our crisis began months before the COVID crisis landed. We were in the fire crisis, so we've been in this rather long siege a way. And I have thought a lot, often when I've felt frustrated or restricted or contained or, you know, just uncomfortable in my skin. One of my tricks in my my practice, you could say, is I ask myself, where does it hurt? And usually what I mean by that is, what is the thought that hurts? And usually the thought that hurts is that This is impeding my ideas about my future. This is hindering my plans. This is perhaps taking away some of my dreams or many of them, my adventures, and the way that one could in a sense reinvent oneself, right? You could shake it up and do something really different. Those options are not on the table They're not on the table. They haven't been on the table for this past while. And that's been an adjustment for we who are so privileged because we're used to having options. That's been part of the fun we've lived in. We could just dream anything and then we could make a lot of those dreams happen. So where it hurts is the adjustment into the reality that we have. It's that disparity of a reality that had lots of options and a reality that has fewer, at least right now. And one of the things I've soothed myself with is it's leveled the playing field because this is how most of the world has lived in history. Most of the world in history did not move beyond what we consider a postal code. They just lived in a small area. Yes, there were hunters and gatherers who went a little further afield, but not much. They had to get back to camp by the end of the day or so, or every couple of days. So people didn't move around a whole lot throughout most of human history. And even in more recent history, even my parents who actually had means, but they really didn't travel like we all have become used to traveling and to doing all kinds of things. It's a relatively new thing in history to have this level of roaming around the world freedom. And it's amazing how when you start letting go of that expectation, not that it goes entirely because I do still chomp at the bit, but when that readjusts itself into okayness and into gratitude for what's here and how life is now. And it has its jewels, and I suspect that each of us have discovered a lot of those jewels. For one thing, we've had to be more contemplative. We've had a whole lot more time hanging around, retreat-like. So we've had, inevitably, insight has arisen because we've been quieter by necessity. It has had its jewels, and it's also perhaps adjusted for us very clearly what the priorities are like what actually does matter and we've had to let go of a lot of things we've had to let go a lot we've had to make some big changes or they've come to us i should say and we've been pretty flexible in doing all of that changing on a dime you in melbourne have been astonishing actually even in this last go around with very little notice Lockdown, hard lockdown, five days, but nothing to speak of the four months you did already. So it's a testament to the human spirit. It's a testament to even we, the privileged, who've had to adjust to this. And my reminder to us all is that in truth, we actually always did live in uncertainty. We just didn't know it as well. We didn't know it as clearly as we now know it. But... We always lived in uncertainty. We had different expectations due to our statistical probabilities, right? We could all, in our time, in our modern last few decades, many decades, probably, I guess, since World War II, we had assumptions that were realistic about a good future and about a longevity You know, those were our statistical probabilities for ourselves and for everyone we knew, even though we knew anything could happen to anyone at any time, sure, but we were playing very good odds. Nevertheless, we still had uncertainty. And now we see the power and the, in a sense, the inevitability of how quickly that can happen. So I say, use it, make it an ally, let yourself have a certain readiness of pivoting, of adjusting, of letting go. And let yourself also use this very powerful teaching that we've had as a world community. But I think the privileged of the world got the lesson more in a surprise way than the others did because the others were living in that more or less already. Let it be your ally in that It forces you to be appreciative for every little thing you're experiencing. As Carlos Castaneda used to say, when you have kept death over your left shoulder as your ally, not as a dark raven about to pounce on you, but just as a whisper, it aligns your steps in your life. It makes you sweeter, actually. It makes your tender moments with all that you love, like those are your real jewels. That's your actual wealth. I have been no stranger to these kinds of conversations. I was really indoctrinated in the understanding of impermanence. I know, as Heraclitus said, that change alone is unchanging. I know all of that. I knew it well, I thought, intellectually. (laughs) But I must say, I have never felt in my life the presence of uncertainty so strongly. And I I'm finding its jewels. It's an adjustment there's aspects of it that are hard but it's also beautiful in its own way. It forges metal in your soul and your being. Hi Danny.
0: Hi, Catherine. I love that. I was thinking about it as you were talking, almost this sense of the story that I have about the world and the reality of the world. And, you know, the illusion of control right there in the chat was when my story and the reality seemed to align. So it seemed like I had control over that reality because it was aligned with my story. Yeah, Um, So I wonder whether it was ever, you know, there there was always an illusion of control, (laughs) that my story, which, you know, has sort of been built inside a particular system, uh, aligned with the system, as you'd expect it would growing up. Now that story and the reality, and that feels like someone's taken away that control, but but I think they've just taken away the alignment, so the dissonance (laughs) there. I know there's a part of me that's sort of wondering whether the redefining the story is the work to do now, which is I think is things like the MBE and our conversations around the next economy is so big, redefining the story and realising that reality is not set. So I sort of felt last year I was looking for every reason to defend why it's all falling to shit. Thanks this and thanks that. And for some reason I've come into this year looking for every reason why we can recover. Like, look at how the world's changed. Look at how many countries have recommitted to carbon neutrality. Look at even COVID. we locked down and, and we're effectively at zero. So all these opportunities. I'm not sure about the illusion, but I definitely know that my story is the thing that that seems to be able to change. And my mood changes with my story. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality kind of is, is sitting there and it could defend whichever story I choose.
1: So. <laughs> I think that for me, And I hear you loud and clear because it's very hard to not have a story about the world, especially anyone who's paying attention. You know, whatever piece of it you're looking at, like the hands on the elephant, it becomes very real to you. But I think what's helpful for me is to contract my story, if I want to have a story about any agency, to a smaller field. And you guys are playing in a large field that's affecting quite a few people. But even so, it has its own boundaries, its own limitations in that your reach will only extend so far. I think there's no one on earth whose reach extends that far anymore. It's so complicated. It's such a web. And even these players that are controlling the mass media, there is even limitation there. So I would say that as long as your intentions are clear in yourself, you know, in all spiritual circles, we used to have this phrase, give it over to God. Like everything you do, you know, you're giving it to fate or to whatever word you want to throw in there, to goodness, to the greater good, that your actions have that intention in them. And then how it rolls out actually isn't in your control. It will have more effect if the offering is super clear, but it's not a guarantee, even if it's crystal clear, it's worth doing for its own sake. That's it. If it can, you know, go out into the world and help lots of people, fantastic. It'll have a shiny brightness to it wherever it lands, even if this doesn't go well, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) I love that. And I I get it. I think I'm I'm starting to sit into that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And actually, Danny, I would say this was a learning curve, Because I used to get frustrated, really frustrated in being involved in so many things that it was just an uphill battle all the time until the switch inside of myself began to realize I'm just going to do it because it's the right thing to do. And that's the only need I have for doing it. And then a lot of energy gets freed up because you're not so attached to the goal and that's not sucking off part of your attention and also adding in a layer of frustration when things aren't going that direction. When you're feeling, okay, I'm just doing this for the greater good in the moment, then you're continually reaffirmed in that, right? And you're no longer watching so... I mean, you can't help but notice how it's playing out, but you're not watching it with panic or with extreme disappointment or whatever. You know, in the lead up to... The U.S. invasion in Iraq, I was part of the anti-war movement in the States and it was very tiny and we were up against very big forces. Even the New York Times was reporting that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, which was ridiculous. And I was part of this very peripherally, but very involved with this group called Code Pink, who were these wild women uh, fighting against the war. And when it became clear that the invasion was going to happen, one of my friends said to the founder, it looks like we're not going to stop this war. And the founder, Medea Benjamin said, we'll stop the next one. So that's another way to see it is you give your good work with open heart, pure heart. Maybe it takes seed and root somewhere you don't even see. It's just the easier path. It keeps everybody calm around you. The ethos shifts into... We're doing it for its own sake. One of the things that I focus on in the day is I notice little things that I love. And I just literally say to myself, oh, I love that. <laughs> right? They're little. They're tiny. <laughs> One of the understandings in the happiness studies is that the way that you raise your happiness set point is through many little joys that become habitual and that you are noticing are joyful for you. It's actually not from the big gigantic changes. Those give you spikes in your happiness levels, but when it's a sort of more ordinary increase of appreciation, that actually raises the set point of your happiness level. They've done this across many years with many, many thousands of people at one of the big Midwestern universities. So um, what I thought was for us to just take a moment and just simply say to yourself, what are the things that light my heart in my day?